But we are kicking off a new series this weekend called Restart. Um, and we are really excited to, to do this. And as, as I was prepping, and we're really going to restart, but the first place to start is to start with your relationship with God. If we're going to talk about restarting, that there is not a better place to start than looking and taking inventory when you think about your relationship with God. And so I was a youth pastor for about 10 years, okay? And I'll be honest with you, I really love working with teenagers. I still enjoy it. I spoke at a youth retreat like three weeks ago. I'm doing something with the Springfield Cardinals tomorrow, talking to some middle school students. Like, I, I like teenagers. One of the things I like about teenagers is that at times they're oblivious. And when they're oblivious, they don't always, like, think through what they say. Okay, so like <clears throat> I was teaching this class to a group of teenagers and it was about spiritual disciplines. And so we were just talking about simple things like reading your Bible, praying, asking for forgiveness, being obedient, like really basic, straightforward stuff. And, and when I lead those types of classes, I, I always like to end with a question like, hey, what is something that you can do this week that will help you grow spiritually. So I go through, and like kids are saying things like, hey, I'm going to try to read my Bible this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to ask this person to forgive me. And I get to this student, and she has not been paying attention this whole time. And I look at her, and I say, what are you going to do this week to, to grow spiritually? And she looks at me, and she has this glazed-over look on her face. Like I caught her. And she's like, ah, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go in a field. And I'm just going to pull up some grass. Not that kind of grass. And I'm just going to throw it in the air and twirl around. that'll probably help your relationship with God. And I just kept moving on because that's what, what do you do in that situation? And okay, so as you think about like your, your relationship with God, really it's like any other relationship. That if you want to please the person you're in relationship with, there's, there's really not a better way to do it than by figuring out what that person likes. Like, you want to have a healthy marriage? Well, figure out what your spouse likes and do those things, right? Figure out things they don't like and avoid those things if you want to have healthy relationships. And as it comes down to your relationship with God, few things are more essential than having a desire to discover what he wants and then doing everything that you can to try to do that thing that he wants. And, and there's a prophet, his name is Micah. He lived a long time ago, and, and he, he writes this in his, in his prophecy, okay? And he asks really two rhetorical questions, and then he, defi- then he answers it. And, and in these questions, essentially is asking, what does God want from me? And the first two rhetorical ones are, are wrong, but then he answers the question at the end. Let me read this to you. 
It's in Micah chapter 6. And he's saying, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Like he's, just, he's retort, like, what is it that God wants? And then, then Micah, he really answers the question. What does God want? This is what he wants. He's told you. <laughs> just like, thanks. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So if I had to break this morning down, I'm going to try to be very, very simple. If I had to break it down to two things, it's, it's really this. Figuring out what God wants you to do. Like, how do we do that? And then, how do I do the things that I figure out that he wants me to do? And so that's really it in a nutshell. And, and, and though that might seem simple, here's what I would say. There is nothing more crucial to your relationship with God than figuring that out. That if you want to have a relationship with God that thrives, this happens through figuring out what he wants. But the Proverbs say, say this. This is in Proverbs 14. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. So, like, <laughs> that's a real downer. Like, that's saying, like, you don't even know what's best for your own life. That if you are given to your own devices, here's what's going to happen. Death. Jesus, he, he even says it, he says it this way, and I, I like what, the way he says it. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you as well. Now, in, his, in the context of what he's talking about, all these things, he's talking about things like food, shelter, even he's talking about your body. And Jesus is saying, Chase me, seek me, and I'll take care of all of those other things. Essentially saying, hey, if you run after me, you can get both. But if you just chase them, there's a really good chance that you're going to get neither. So this is essential. So how do we figure out what he wants us to do? So first question, how do I figure out what God wants me to do? And as, and as we talk about figuring out what God wants us to do, I, <clears throat> I break it down into three categories, okay? First off, it's behavior. So, like, how does God want me to behave? And, and honestly, when it comes to behaviors, it, it's pretty cut and dry. Like, the, the scripture is pretty clear about the way that it wants us to behave with most situations. So, there's, there's behavior, and then there are things that are directional, okay? Where we're like, okay, where is it? that God wants me to go. Because here's what you're not going to find in the Bible. A chapter and a verse telling you what job you should do. Like, there's not a verse in the Bible that says, when you're 25, you need to move away from your parents. Like, there's, there's not a verse, so that's probably a good practice. 
So it's like there's directional things. And then there's also like relational things. And, and relational things are going to be more cut and dry. Some of them are even going to land into like behavioral stuff. But then there are also things as we try to figure out what to do with relationships where, I mean, sometimes you have to walk away from a relationship. Sometimes you've got to give that relationship another chance. And so how do you figure out what God wants you to do? And, and as you think through that, I mean, it's, it's just like any other relationship that you have. And I think about my marriage. I, I hope that Joanna would agree with this, but if not, she'll tell you. But I am, I, I think I'm a better husband now. We've been married like 13 years. I think I'm a better husband now than I was in year one. And it's because I, I, know, I know what she wants better. Like, and, and here's the thing, too. Like, there are things about her that I thought I knew, and then we got married, and I realized I didn't know. Like, I remember, like, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this. Like, I used to always hang out with my friends on Sunday night. We'd, we would go after church. We'd go to Buffalo Wild Wings and we would have wings and talk about fantasy football. It was like the best thing in the world for me. And, and I, w- I remember, we would, you and I just got married, and I was like, oh yeah, this is what we do on Sunday nights. We just, we go, and we have buffalo wild wings, and, and we hang out with my friends. And I, I remember leaving that restaurant, looking over to Joanne in the car, thinking, man, wasn't that fun? And she's like, No. <laughs> You just, I don't play fantasy football. I don't really care about this. I don't even really like Buffalo Wild Wings. But like in that moment, I thought like, and so here's, we don't do that anymore. When I, when I, got, when I got married, okay, like this is something that kind of blew my mind. Not everyone likes the house at the same temperature. Like, you don't realize this until you get, like I remember like, when I moved, like we got married, I moved in, and it was like, oh, you're comfortable with the the room at 78 degrees. <laughs> well, I'm kind of a 70 guy. Okay, so we're gonna go 74. All right, you know, 75, whatever. Like, it, but like, there's something there. Like, you you kind of figure that out. I remember thinking before we got married, all women like roses. Like, you just, you buy roses. That's what you do. You buy a woman roses. Like, that's just what I thought. And I, the first time I did it, she's like, oh, by the way, I like daisies more. Like, and then that's just something I learned. But here's the thing. After 13 years, I feel like I kind of understand. I'm able to be a better husband because I know, I know what she wants. And it, it really does work the same way with your relationship with God. That if you're new and you're like trying to figure this thing out, like you are going to stumble along the way. Like there are going to be things where you're like, ah, I think this is good, and then you're going to read something in the scripture, you're going to come to a church service, you're like, oh, I was wrong about that. Like that's okay. It's part of developing the relationship. And the important thing is that if you're here and you're a Christian, that your heart's desire is. I really, I really want to hit the mark that he sets for me. 
That, that's like, I, I just, I, I, want, I want to please him the most. And if, if that's your heart, as you develop in that relationship, like you're going to find that you're going to hit the mark a lot more. But the question is, okay, then how do I figure out what he wants me to do? And, and the, the truth is that there are going to be things that God wants of you that are incredibly obvious. They're there. Straightforward. There's not really a lot of conversation about it. Like there are things that he desires of us that are obvious. And we read, and as we, as we discover what those things are, there's really one response. You repent. And you start doing what he wants. Like, it's, it's really that simple. But, then, but really, then there are things that are, that are nebulous. Like, I'm sure there are people in this room where there are decisions that you have to make, and you really don't know what the decision is that you need to make. And, and maybe you even like you've prayed about it a little bit, like you've tried to, and you just you're, you're frustrated because you don't know what decision you need to make. And and this is where people get into trouble, because they get so caught up in in trying to figure out where God wants them to go, when instead they should be trying to figure out who God wants them to be. You're not gonna you're not always gonna find where He wants you to go. But you know what? You're going to have a pretty good idea of who he wants you to be. And if you know who he wants you to be, it's a lot easier to figure out where he wants you to go. So the question is, so what do I do? How do I figure out what God, what God wants? And, and it really, it, I, this, is, so like, this is how I seek God. Okay? Like, this is what I do. How do I try to figure out if, if you were to, like, come into Ryan Godin's life and, like, follow me around and I'm trying to figure something out, this is, this is what I do. That for me, as I'm trying to figure out what God wants, it always starts with Scripture. Like, even if you notice what we do here on a Sunday morning, it's always revolving around Scripture. That we spent, we spent eight weeks covering the story of Joseph because we just think that, that Scripture is king. Like, it, it guides us. <clears throat> and so as we start thinking, how can I restart? What is it that, like, how do I figure out what God wants for me? It, it really, really starts with understanding and making a commitment to know Scripture. Saying, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to read this, that this is important. And as you're seeking what God wants from you, you start there. And, and if there's an answer, then you go with it. And if there's not an answer, and there are things in life where there aren't answers, then I would encourage you to do these, these four, there are four other things I think that you can do as you try to figure out what God's will is. But again, they bow to Scripture. That if all these things contradict what it says in the Scripture, you do what the Scripture says. It really doesn't matter to these other things. So this is what I do. Start with scripture, see if there's anything, and if there isn't anything, then what I do is I pray. Because here's what I believe. God speaks through prayer. Not only does God speak through prayer, God changes things through prayer. So I want, like, I be, like there are times where as I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do, where I will just take time, and I'll say, God, give me wisdom. 
help me know what it is that you want me to do. Also, I will say, God, this is what I'm thinking about doing. If it's what you want, will you give me a piece about that thing? And there's just something internal in those moments where I just, I'll feel a piece or I'll feel a check and I know what to do. So you start with scripture. The thing I would say is you're trying to figure out what God wants is I, I would look at things like church history. I'm not talking about so much of like a textbook per se, but I'm just saying if you're wrestling with something and you're not finding an answer, a good thing to do is to look and to see have people wrestled with that thing that you're wrestling with in the past? What conclusions have they come to on that issue that maybe you're having a hard time? It's there for your benefit. You might as well take advantage of it. Another thing that I do is I, I seek godly counsel. So like, you need people in your life who love Jesus more than you do, that you can run things by. But this is why it's so essential to be involved in a group. This is why we believe in serving, because you're going to build relationships with people who love Jesus more than you do, and you'll be able to establish some camaraderie, and you'll be able to run things by them in your life. Like, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that, like, I, like, there's nothing in the Bible about some aspects of church leadership. There's nothing in the Bible about, like, hey, this is how you write a budget. Or, hey, like, this is how you implement vision. Like, it just, there's, there's not. And so what I try to do as I figure it out is I relentlessly call people who know better than me and I run my ideas by them. To a level where it's probably annoying to some of them, <laughs> But here's the deal. They don't have to pick up my call. Like, that's how I see it. And, and even in your life, who is someone in your life who loves Jesus more than you? Who you can say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, I'm really struggling with this situation with my kids. What would you do in this situation? And what you're going to find, you're going to find that God is going to use those people to speak. The other thing is we're trying to seek God's will. Is I, I believe that God speaks to us through past experience, especially with relational matters. Like if there's someone in your life who has burned you time and time again, and you, you tried to forget, like sometimes it's okay to let past experience speak and say, you know what? I'm not going to put myself in that situation again because this happens when I do. Here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to speak. I believe that God wants you to be able to obey him, that that is his heart. And, and the best way to obey him is by discovering what he wants you to do. The, even the prophet Samuel, he says this, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 22, he says, has the, Lord, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the Lord, obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey 
is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of lambs. God wants you to obey. But it's really on us to seek. But he, he wants to speak, but you've got to seek. And, and so, like, even as I just kind of guess with this room, there are people here probably who you're like, I, I really, like, I really want God to show me this. But you haven't experienced that. And if that's where you are, I would just ask, like, how much have you actually sought him? Because as a people, we give ourselves, we like to give ourselves credit. Like, we like to say that we do things when maybe we, like, half-heartedly do things. And so if you're here and you're frustrated, like, how much time have you put into trying to figure out what God wants you to do? And, and if all you've done is thrown up a couple, like, short prayers every once in a while when you think about it, like, then don't be surprised when you're not hearing anything. So Jesus says, ask and you'll find. He says, says, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. But it's on us to put the work in. And and sometimes what we do is we we, we say, like, okay, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to figure out what he wants me to do. But we've already made up our mind what we think it is that he wants us to do. And then when people tell us things that are contrary to that, we just assume God's not speaking. Because all we're really looking for is someone to confirm what we already think. And when you seek God, you've got to be willing to say, okay, blank slate, whatever you have, that's somebody. So, so how? It starts with Scripture, and God's going to use people. And the question then is, okay, so when God speaks, then what do I do to make it a priority? Like, how do I make this a priority, and I want to make this super simple, because I think it all comes down to reading the Bible. I do. I think that it starts there. And if I had to, if we were to just use studies that are done, uh, I would, just studies would say that about 5% of you do it regularly. And so, if we're saying, like, this is essential to a relationship with God, 5% of us are like, boom! This is my service. I feel good about myself. And then 95% of us are like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, what, so I'm going to talk to the 95%. I'm going to give a couple things for the five. Okay? So like, if you're in the five, you apply this a little bit differently. But I'm just going to assume that a majority of us need to grow in this. So you're here. God wants to speak to you. He's going to start with your word, with his word. What do you need to do? First thing is this. I'm trying to figure out a way to do this. You want to make it a priority? Start in the middle. That if you, if you want to grow, if you want to know what God has for you, if you're looking to restart your life by trying to figure out what God wants you to do, you start in the middle, which is different than any other book, okay? But here's what's going to happen if you start at the beginning. You're going to read it, you're going to get a few chapters in, and then you're going to hit some genealogies, okay? 
genealogies are super interesting when you're willing to study them. When you're not willing to study them, they are as engaging as reading the phone book. So I'm just saying, like, so don't even put yourself through that. Start in the middle. You're looking, well, what book would be a good one to read? Proverbs. It is incredibly straightforward. Like, you're not going to have to do a lot of interpretation. Like, you just start by reading the Proverbs. You say, okay, I'm going to read one a day. Very simple. After you get through that, or even if you're like, I don't know about the Old Testament. Well, that's weird. The Old Testament's fine, but let's just pretend that you're there. Then, then start with a gospel. Go pick one of the first books of the New Testament. They are about Jesus, and here's what the thing about those. They are incredibly straightforward, and they're easy to follow. So you're not going to read things there that you're going to be like, what is that talking about? You don't know. So start there. Start in the middle, and then I would say this, which sounds super kind of weird, but don't get caught up in understanding every detail. You're trying to read your Bible. You want to make it a priority. Don't get caught up in understanding every detail. Now, if you're the 5% who does this regularly, the opposite on that. Like, get a study help, look into stuff, but realistically, if you're just trying to, if you're just trying to get started, don't get caught up. You're going to come across places, and you're going to have no idea where they are. That you, you are going to come across names, and you're going to have no idea who that person is referring to. But here's the deal. You're not trying to take a test. You're trying to create a habit. So don't worry about that stuff. That stuff will come down the road. But just don't, don't worry. And I would also say this to you. There are going to be times where you read your Bible, and it's going to be emotionally magnificent. That you're going to read something, and it is going to jump off the page and be exactly what you need to hear. And, it's, and you're going to be sitting there, and you're going to think, oh my gosh, God is speaking to me. And then there are times where you're going to read it, and you're going to be like, what did I just read? Don't let those dry seasons keep you from reading. Don't, if you don't feel something every time you read, it's okay. The important thing is that you keep the habit, the habit going. The other thing I would say to you is this. Don't be too aggressive in the amount of text you take on. Don't, like, sit, like if, you needed to, if you wanted to run a marathon, if you... If you've never trained and you went out and tried to run it tomorrow, here's what would happen. You'd get really sick and you'd probably break something. If you've never really made it a discipline to read the scriptures and you say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to finish the whole book in six months. That is going to be frustrating for you. And if you're really disciplined, you might actually do it, but you're not going to get anything out of it. So don't be too aggressive in what you take on. And then I would say this, and this is the most important thing that you can do if you, this is something you really want to do. You're in that 95% of people who this isn't a habit. Right now in your mind, if you want to do this, think of when you're going to read your Bible. Think of what you're going to read. And think of how much. If you want it to be a, if you want it to be a priority, think of when you're going to do it. When you go home, you're driving home, tell someone, 
I decided that tonight, before I go to sleep, I'm going to read the first chapter of Proverbs. All right, I said, I'm gonna, you know what, I've, I've read the Proverbs. Like, I want to learn more about Jesus, so I'm going to read the Gospels. And I'm going to do it at this time in this place. So if, if you do that, and then I would say that the last thing is to bring someone on with you. If have someone keep you kind of have someone that you're saying, hey, and this is why, ask someone in your connect group, ask your spouse, ask your kid. It doesn't matter. It, it's all about trying to create a habit. And what will happen is over the course of time, it will change your life. Because what we believe about this book is insane. Like, like this isn't just a book. That, that I, I believe with my heart to the heavens that this is the word of God. That there is incredible power here that can change your life and speak directly to what you're going through. But so often we just treat it like another book and we don't make reading it a priority. And I'm telling you, as we restart, it does not matter what habits you have if you're not committed to know what this says. And, and I, I get it. Like, it's, it's challenging, but the more we do it, the, the stronger we'll be. Let me read this proverb to you. It says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. But if you were to look, if, if you were an ant, and you were to see that stack of food, it would seem incredibly daunting if you had to try to create that in a day. But what does the ant do? Does it one piece at a time? And because it does it one piece at a time, and it, it ends up having something incredibly impressive and useful. That as you say, I want to know, I want to know God's voice. I want to be obedient and do what he says. It's kind of like that. You grab one piece at a time. Even if you're here and you're like, I, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to read Proverbs tonight before I go to bed. You know what's going to happen when you wake up? It's not going to be that different. You do it for a week, you're going to probably have a hard time even remembering everything that you read. But here's what I can tell you. Over the course of time, it'll be like that anthill. You'll be a different person. And chances are when the breakthrough comes, it'll come at a moment when you don't see it. I heard this illustration about an ice cube. That if, we, if, if this room was five degrees, and I were to walk in and just place an ice cube on a table, nothing would change. Like the ice cube would remain five degrees. And if every day I increased the temperature of the room one degree, for the first 27 days, nothing would change about the ice cube. And, and even if we were to go to the 25th day, 
all kinds of change is getting ready to happen in this, in this ice cube. That it is 25 degrees warmer than it was, but you're not seeing it melt, are you? But that doesn't negate the 25 degrees warmer that it is. And the same is true when it comes to spiritual breakthrough in your life. That you're going to get better one degree at a time. And that when the breakthrough comes, it's not just going to be one moment where everything turns, but instead what it's going to be, it's going to be the accumulation of several little decisions, and next thing you know, you're going to wake up and you're going to be a different person. But it's not going to happen overnight. And so the question that I have to ask you as we, as we land the plane on this message, what are you what are you willing to do so that you can know God better? What, what sacrifices are you willing to make so that he can change you in a more meaningful, powerful way? Because it is his desire to make you more like him but you've got to be willing to take some steps in the process. Let's pray. Thank you for watching our services. If you have questions or you'd like more information, you can visit us online at nlspringfield.com. We'd also love to have you join us at one of our Sunday morning services. We have programs at 9.30 and 11 for adults, students, and kids. We hope to see you there.